fight. Three, two, one. Welcome to Arcade Attack. <laughs> A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Sonic Boom! Welcome back, listeners, to probably our official comeback episode. I know last week was more of a just, you know, chewing yeah. the fat a little bit. Yeah. You know, laying down the law a bit, but today is our official proper comeback. I would say a proper big episode, and I, I wish it was. I wish it wasn't this episode in a weird way, but it's an episode we're going to pay tribute to probably one of our biggest supporters, uh, a true friend of the show, and a true friend of all of us. Mm-hmm. And he became a very close friend of mine. Actually, it's, it's, it's quite a sad pod, but we actually said, didn't we, Dylan, that our mm-hmm. comeback has to be dedicated yeah. to this man. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say he was a, a big champion of our pod. In his circles, you could say an eternal champion. <laughs> you could say that, um, yeah. And we'll allow it. We'll allow it. <laughs> we'll allow it. I think he would have appreciated. He would have that. appreciated Definitely. that. He would have done. He's looking at yeah. me. He's like, yeah, yeah, deal. That was all right. <laughs> and the man we're talking about is Michael Michael Latham, um, a really true Sega legend. And I think his credits are amazing. The games he's worked on, but I don't think he gets all the credit he deserves because he was. He knew so much. What he he had his hands in so many things in Sega during the important part of their 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 history. In my personal opinion, you get to know a bit more about what he did, and it's absolutely incredible. Um, but he sadly passed away um, early this year in 2021, and it, it hit me quite hard actually. So mm. this this is a little tribute um, for a friend of on a friend of ours. Hopefully, we can do mm. him justice. That's the the last thing we want to do is that it is you know. We want to do him justice, basically. So, mm. um, I guess I'll explain the episode in a little bit detail, and we can start from the beginning. But me, I'm, I'm here. Sorry, I'm, this is Adrian talking now. I'm here with Dylan. Hi, guys. And I'm here with Keith. Hello. And the the first part of the pod be us three talking and just just talking about certain things and you know a little bit, little backstory about how we met Michael and so forth. And the mm. second part of the pod, or probably the big chunk of the pod, is. A few interviews I spoke to with some of his ex-colleagues and ex-friends, so Sega legends, really. So just just the people that are, are going to pay Michael some tribute are Eric Wahlberg, who we've had on the show before, really mm. really great guy. Um, and actually saw, I don't think you mind me saying this, but saw Michael one one day before he passed away. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quite sad, mm. but he's he, he very kindly shared that story with me earlier. And um, Cindy Hardgrave, mm. she's on the podcast as well. Uh, David Gray. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Hunio, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Uh, Kim Rogers and Joe Kane, and mm. I don't get a chance to talk to them about too much about this their particular story in their gaming careers. But hopefully, I might get a few of these people back on the pod for their for a detailed interview. Mm-hmm. But they're they're honestly huge legends in their own right, and they 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 gave some great stories about Michael. So I hope you stick around for that part of the show. And I I know that it would it would do mm-hmm. Michael justice for certain. Um, how we got to know Michael Latham is quite. I wouldn't say it's a really interesting story, but uh, it, it did start with Keith actually. Because <laughs> remember, we 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 like Street Fighter, we like Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. and then Keith said, "Well, let's do an alternative fighting pod." You remember? Of course, yeah. And Dylan just caught, kept talking about balls all the time. Oh, balls! Oh, balls, three D balls. Gordon, if you had a pound for every yes. time you mentioned the word balls, yep. 
Balls with a Z. Not many. Balls. <laughs> no. And I was talking about body blows, and that was almost as excruciating as balls. Yeah. Oh, oh, and yeah. you still haven't stopped talking about body blows. <laughs> no. Yeah. And they're pretty stinking games, actually, let's be honest. Oh. <laughs> they're not brilliant. A bit harsh on body blows. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like body blows. I like body blows. But luckily, uh, Keith actually spoke about a good alternative fighting game, which was... Eternal Champions. It was. Yeah. Um, do you know what? We, we like to do text interviews now and then, and... We weren't really interviewing people at the time, I don't think, when we were doing those podcasts. No, no, that was really early days. And I was thinking, well, Keith wants to do Eternal Champions. I used to love it as a kid. Yeah. Let's try and track down some of the producers, the people that worked in the game. You go on the credits, there's, there's, there's people that worked in the game, but there's like one name that really stood out, Michael Latham. Yeah. And I was like, let's try and find this guy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. <laughs> there, there was, there's a lot of Michael Lathams on Twitter, and I was like, I'm not sure exactly. Because Michael Latham was on Twitter... But there was nothing about his bio on Sega, nothing mm-hmm. that he worked in games. No clues. But luckily for me, I was on Moby Games, so there was a picture of him. Oh, right. And I, I thought, wait a minute, is that the same person? Mm-hmm. So I took a little punt and said, oh, are you... Temper Fugitive. Yeah, are you, are you Temper Fugitive. Are you, are you Michael Lapin that made a tunnel? And he was like, yeah. We got chatting. <laughs> he tweeted to me. It was really cool. And then we, we was shared he emails. impressed that you managed to hunt him down? Oh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. And, um he he's told me a later day he didn't he doesn't do many interviews and mm. he, he's very reluctant and if he was going to do an interview it would be more text interviews and that's how we started off mm. so he gave a really good interview about Eternal Champions and at the time which I very sadly don't think it's going to happen now he was he was talking about maybe getting uh, a new game in mm. the series mm. wasn't he so he, that was one thing that he wanted to do was it then sorry if I'm stepping on your toes was it then that he shared with you the design documents and stuff that was a little bit later oh, that was later a little bit oh, later sorry sorry, sorry. Was, yeah and um, he gave some great answers so it's a really good text into you actually mm-hmm. I'd say one, one, he, just the way he typed and brilliant really interesting stories and then I don't sound rude to Michael. That was kind of it for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, brilliant to you. Move on, other stuff. And that was an early podcast, wasn't it? It was really early, yeah. It really was. Yeah. And it must have been maybe a year, maybe two years. And and to be honest, I would tweet him now and then and say, we're doing an episode on this and so forth. And, you know, we have a little contact here on Twitter. And then um, Muggins here got a 32X, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Not I knew... Muggins, that's a, that's a legendary No, I love bike. it. I love the face. Legendary bike. It's a really yeah. interesting um, peripheral for certain. Mm. And uh, again, from Michael's text interview, I remember that he spoke about that he worked on some unreleased 32X games. So I thought, well, let's, let's get Michael yeah, back yeah. out. Let's, let's get chatting to him again. And he was like, yeah, I did this. And there's this game I worked on. And here's some information. And I think he just gave me some really good backstory. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to do a pod on this. And, you know, and it was so good. Now, we shared it in the episode, mm-hmm. uh, some of his quotes and so forth. We've only just quotes on Twitter. And then Rob's, I don't, you know, we're not going to, I don't mean to sound to Rob, but he was like, oh, uh, by the way, you know, Michael Latham thinks the 32X is really powerful. It's much better than it should have been. And Rob was like, who cares? Michael's not going to listen anyway. <laughs> Michael's oh, not going to listen. That was no. the moment, wasn't it? It was the moment. <laughs> yeah. And then we released the pod a few weeks later. And then Michael's like, tell Rob, <laughs> I was listening. I've been listening for the last few years. I'm a big fan, but he's wrong. Something like that. That's yeah. verbatim, but it was yeah. really funny. Yeah. And it, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, you, well, not that he, I mean, he, deserves, he deserves so much, but I'm thinking we need to get this guy properly on the podcast mm, now, proper yeah. interview. Yeah. Let's get him on. And he was, he was reluctant at first because we became Facebook friends after that and but by then he sort of built up a little relationship, a bit of rapport, and mm-hmm. he think he trusted us a bit. Mm-hmm. He trusted Arcade Attack, and he heard some. We just my, stupid. We just do it for the. We're love stupid. Of the yeah. He knew that I wasn't going to pull any stupid punches, and he's heard my previous interviews, and he was like, "Yes, yeah, do it." And he gave, I think, about over two hour interview, 
But if you listen to it, it doesn't seem like two hours. It's what it's probably my oh, it's most brilliant. proudest interview actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you, I know you might say, "Oh, you're just saying it because you know you just." Want it. But honestly, it is so good, and it's not me. I'm not taking any any glory from that at all. It's just some of the stories. It's by far one of the most in, your your interviews are brilliant, but it's one of the most interesting right. ones. It's up there for me, my personal the Michael so Latham one. Insights. It's yeah. up there with the Al Nilsson one and Thank the you. Tommy Tallarico for the most interesting. He was interviews. so great, yeah, and he would share some amazing stories. And he he told me he said, "Look, I don't do this often." I've hard if I do interviews, I, I do it maybe for websites who want text interviews, and and we'll talk about Kim Justice later. But hmm. hard, he said, I don't do audio. This this is really uh, unusual. But I like you guys. I support you guys. Hmm. I want to help you guys. And from then, it, it went into the stratosphere. We became. Hmm. And I kept saying, "Look at this feedback from the interview. Look at this," because I, I. And you wanted him to know that. Yeah, I want to be proud of it, and, yeah. and how much he, people cared about him, hmm. because it. I think some I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm talking out of his hand here, but I think he he had a, a big life after Sega. But a lot of people, you know, I think people huge respect for him. Hmm. I don't think he completely understood that at some points um, recently. And so I, I was like, look at this. Look what people were saying about what you've done. It's absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and then we got properly chatting, you know, on Facebook, and we'd talk all the time. And he used to give me advice and say. Oh, you should get this person on, and I can get you in contact with this person, Eric Wahlberg, yeah. a good friend of mine. Why don't you get on the show? Um, and he, he lined up so many good things, and he had suggestions. And mm-hmm. um, I told him in private, I said, "Look, you know, we had that drunken episode saying didn't go too well, and mm. kind of explained what happened." And he said, "Look, I, I'm here to support anyone." He would say, he said to me, "I class everyone in Arcade Attack as a friend. Mm-hmm. If they ever want to t- chat on the phone, I'm going to be there for them." And this, yeah, was not, was this really was not some personal interview. This was yeah. a friend. He, he meant that as well. Mm-hmm. These weren't empty words. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, He's just such a down-to-earth guy. I think, mm. you know, and he doesn't really understand the impact that he's had on us, really, in his work. Yeah, no. And just just chatting to him. And you know, the, the group chat that we did with him. The round table. Like joy. It, it was, was a fantastic. joy. Yeah. It was a joy. In a way, I and kind it was of sad listening. that one because yeah. it was so... He was so just, he was with friends. I, yeah, I, I was, don't understand. Was, I think yeah. he was, felt like he was with friends. And could sh- he talked about Michael Jackson doing the yeah, 23. Did, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe he shouldn't have said that, but he was. He mm. felt comfortable. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's crazy. He left, a, he left us that lovely review, didn't he, on iTunes or something? And he said to me, he doesn't have and any Apple. He hates Apple. <laughs> he doesn't like Apple. He, 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 only did, he only registered it so he could leave us a review. That's the only reason he registered on Apple. Mm. And he said it's like coming into our clubhouse and like being he one did, of the guys. He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and we're not doing. We're not saying it's to pat ourselves on the back, but it's almost unbelievable for us, isn't it? That it's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not like we're trying to blow our trumpets. Mm-hmm. I don't think we deserved so much from him in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Um, I, I've released some stupid videos. I say stupid; they're kind of fun with my with Tate, mm-hmm. the Tate and Adrian show. <laughs> Tate <laughs> and Adrian, show. welcome to the Tate and Adrian. Just mm-hmm. me and Tate talking about Switch games yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. on YouTube, and it's just I do it for a laugh. It was during lockdown. It, you know, it's just. But he said to me, and this is quite a private thing, but I'll share it because he, he said that he, he's not. He said, "I'm not a dad, but if I was a dad, if I ever was going to be a dad, I would like to be a dad like like me." And I, that meant so much to me. He didn't just say that, did he? That's crazy. That's yeah. I mean, that's such a lovely thing that's to amazing say. Amazing words. He's just a lovely guy because we went because Eric invited us or let us come to Michael's memorial. Um, yeah. His online his online memorial. And just everyone who spoke about him was just so effusive with praise. 
And they always painted him as, you know, a tough but fair guy mm. that helped all of them in their careers, regardless of where they're at yeah. or where they wanted to go. Like, he always he came across as someone, for all those people, like, he was someone who was always there for them. That's just in his nature. You yeah. know? He's just, mm-hmm. It's just in his nature to be there for people. And that just over. Oh, you know, I to like being Facebook friends with him and chatting him to him a little bit, and you'll see like the interactions that he has. Like you know, he loved traveling, didn't he? He loved like yep. going around the world as well, didn't he? Cooking, yeah. yeah, all these people. Like he's still friends of like yeah. people who own restaurants around the world that he's been to because you know he you, kind of. You can tell he was just one of those people that just made friends wherever he went. Yeah, yeah. you know, just that kind of guy. Yeah, he. um I told him before because obviously we, we 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 had to take a break, and I said I told him a few weeks before that we're going to take a break, and he was mm. he was upset. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was generally upset, and he actually tried to turn. He said, "Look, is there any way you can turn this round? I don't think this is the right time for you guys to quit. Mm. You, if you quit now, there's a chance you won't come back." And oh. uh, and, it, and he probably had a point. There's, a, I reckon, there's, there was a chance that we wouldn't come back. We are back, and uh, I think one of the main reasons we're back is for for a little bit for his legacy. Mm-hmm. I do honestly think that, but... He, he kind of he, jokingly took over the... Well, bef- even, little before that, Dylan, <laughs> yeah, before did. that, he even offered, well, do you want me and some of my friends to carry on the podcast? Not for mm-hmm. his own game, yeah. but I, he can re- recall weekly podcasts and if he wants us to keep At the time, going, I thought he was joking. He, he was <laughs> deadly serious. Yeah. He was serious. Mm-hmm. And I said, we can't accept that. It, it's far mm-hmm. too much work mm-hmm. for you. Uh, it's such a nice gesture. But then he did say, well, at least let me do some prank um, yeah. uh, posts stuff. and he would, he would it's so great and he, there was only about three or four of these but they were so funny and he would put on our Facebook group um, yeah. Architect Extra oh next week um, I'm going to be releasing a podcast I've got a chat with my friend here and <laughs> Joe Lieberman <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Some, some calamity will happen it doesn't yeah. happen he would like leave it to the professionals <laughs> <laughs> like we're professionals <laughs> it's just brilliant um, what's saddest about that is that I think his last jokey one he put in like how he was feeling and like obviously he needed to see a doctor in the hospital and I thought he was joking because obviously all the other yeah. ones yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just like like did like a ha-ha thing about him like oh crap, oh crap like you know he was actually being serious like mm. whatever what was was shutting down in his body just yeah. couldn't be stopped and it makes me very sad actually because just before he did pass away he, he became ill very quickly. Mm. Um, he was, we were lined up. I don't know if I told you this. He was lined up to be out. Because we stopped by now, the, the podcast. Yeah. It must have been about sort of March time. But he was lined up as my first call in a Patreon bonus interview. Mm. He was oh, like, wow. oh, he's well up for it. We can talk about John Hughes films. He can talk about my favorite yeah. music and films. Oh, and yeah. he was like, oh, I'll definitely do it for you guys. Let's have this date. And then oh. literally a day before he said, I'm not feeling it very well, Adrian. Mm. Do you mind if we postpone it? Maybe we can do it at the weekend. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, no problem. Mm. And we chatted a little bit after that, but really, I think he unfortunately he did get ill very quickly. Mm. That was one of our. It mm. feels so sad, you know, mm. that that because he was mm. he he did, he's got um, Oscar. I forget his surname now. I already apologise. Oscar made like a four or five hour documentary. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah, he actually yeah. saw Michael uh, maybe a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And this is this is crazy. When Oscar went over there, he said to me privately because we were talking a little bit mm. recently about uh, so forth. He said to me. He would. This is Oscar speaking. He was surprised how much Arcade Attack meant to Michael. So he had talked to Michael about his life, but Michael mm. always twisted back to Arcade Attack. Wow! How how crazy is that? It's, I can't. I still now can't get my head around. My, Michael was part of the team, no. and he, there was an interview um, with Ed Anunziata, which which I'm really proud of actually. Mm. And um, how do I say this without being rude? Um, Michael said, "Look, 
you've got to approach this interview carefully. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you say. I would recommend starting with this question. And Ed's great, you know, a real legend in mm-hmm. Sega. And I honestly think, and I, I, I never know for certain, but this question I started with, which is, I, I usually start with, you know, how did you get into gaming? What was yeah, your first yeah. video game? But he said, no, don't do that. Start with this one. Get him hooked. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll trust Michael's judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked. And I'm not going to do the question now because I can't remember the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to. But you have to, it's a little teaser. You have to listen. But yeah. Michael gave me some great advice. Saying, oh, make sure you ask this question. Be careful with it. And the, the interview is brilliant. Apart from pronouncing his surname incorrectly at Anunciata. the start. Yeah, yeah I, I, so I apologize, Ed, about that. And it was a really good interview. And it, he made that happen. I don't think that would have yeah. happened without Michael. Because he, mm. in the background, he's pushing people. And mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And I'll never forget him. Um, no, yeah. I found out, obviously, uh, I don't think Eric can mind me saying this, Eric Wahlberg, he, we're now very good friends. He he messaged me, he said, look, keep this really private. I, I visited Michael in hospital today, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, whoa, is it, what can we do? Can we try and phone him? Can we send a letter mm-hmm. from the Arcade Attack boys? And, and Eric's like, I don't think it would get there in time. I was like, I didn't know it was this bad. Mm-hmm. And then I got a message that same day later saying, yeah, sadly, Michael has passed away. I was in shock. Yeah. Yeah, the way I remember, I remember when you told us, I think we all were, really, because it did just come out of the blue, didn't it? Um, And I had planned uh, the last few weeks to go to Kev's house. Uh, I think it was uh, the the first sort of weekend out of Mm. lockdown or whatever and a few drinks with friends. I still went. Maybe I shouldn't have gone, but I was was not in a good place. Mm. I was so sad. And I was, I'm not going to... I was crying a lot. I was upset. I was, I've actually brought down the whole sort of vibe of the evening. So it wasn't really fair on my other friends. Mm. Uh, but actually, there was a, there was a fire. I, I raised a few drinks to Michael and it was an, a really somber day. And I'll never forget that. And it, it made me realize how much he meant to me, actually. Mm. It's quite interesting. Someone I've never met in person. Yeah, yeah. Someone I've spoken to maybe three times, you know, live, but just chatting mm-hmm. and talking. And, and, and he meant a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I still haven't got over him passing away. Truthfully, I think he's. Mm. Um, I think he'd be someone I'll never forget. Actually, if I'm being completely honest Absolutely. with you, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's definitely, you know, he's definitely one of the boys, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's one I of think, the boys. You know, he'll always, he'll always be there in spirit. I think, and yeah. like, and, and I make you right, Aid, um, in terms of like one of the reasons that we've come back because to have someone who had such standing in the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. from the period that we all were which we haven't even spoken about the, have we no from the mm-hmm. period that we all fell in love with gaming mm-hmm. it kind of validates what we're doing do yeah. you know what I mean and and obviously again as someone who didn't do audio interviews and was quite private mm-hmm. for, he obviously could see that we were genuine yeah. you know there was no ulterior motive when you invited him to do the interview we were just genuine people just doing it for the love of the mm-hmm. games and, and these companies and um yeah, you know, when, when we talked about what we were going to do, are we going to stop the podcast? Are we going to come back? Mm-hmm. You know, it's things like that. It's thinking, wow, if it, if it means so much to, it meant so much to someone like Michael, mm-hmm. who basically seen and done it all. Mad. Mm-hmm. How much might it mean to ordinary Joe blogs like us? Yeah. Who mm-hmm. also listen to the podcast regularly. So mm-hmm. we're nothing that special. No. Let's not be at honest. All. Not at all. I, we're not, we talk rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but I know that I listen to certain podcasts and I would miss them if they went. I'm not saying we did, mm. you know. It, it, so it's it's surprising how someone's weekly show can actually affect people. Mm-hmm. And 
I think we. Sh- I'm extremely privileged that we got to know Michael before he passed mm. away. I honestly, I wanted to meet him. So, you know, he said oh, I might be back in London one day, or and I was like, well, let's just never happened. Yeah. And we were invited to his memorial, and I thought it was lovely. And I want to give yeah, a little shout all, out to Ta- Tony Van, mm-hmm. Sega legend. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all, and he, the brilliance, brilliant, a brilliant little sort of presentation. And we're honoured to be invited. It really. was very nice that they included us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Again, again, something they didn't need to do, but they did, mm-hmm. and it's much appreciated by all of us. I think. Just the way that they all spoke about him was. Yeah. It did. It brought it brought many tears to the eye. Mm. It was. Sad, but it was always a celebration of the man, and hopefully, you know, this this podcast will do. Yeah, do I mean, I, I obviously, I did, you know, Aid was closest to him. I I, ne- I only got to speak to him the once in person on that sort of roundtable podcast. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, I actually I took the chance to thank him for his involvement yeah, in that part of my childhood, mm-hmm. and I think he appreciated that. And so yeah. I'm, I kind of I just kind of take that and think I'm I'm really glad that I got to say that to him in person. Yeah. You know. Um, in person, no, no. I Zoom. just like I was but, playing um, David Robinson's basketball, yeah, on the Mega Drive, and I saw his name, and I just randomly messaged him. And I was like, "Oh, Michael, I just played yeah. this." And I was like, <laughs> "He was like, oh, I can tell you a few stories about that game." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> then we'll get you back on." Then we'll do it. <laughs> uh, That's the thing. He's the kind of guest we could get. We could have him every week. He tells yeah, a new yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. He said no one wanted to touch that game as well. So that's the only thing I can tell you about that game. Now, apparently, no one wanted to produce it. I don't really um, want to touch it now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, it's pretty good. I said to him, it's pretty good. It's, you know, it's not NBA You've kind jam. of come round to it, haven't you? Hmm? You've come round to it, because I don't yeah. think you used to like it. No, the, the diagonal <laughs> thing, I was like, no, no, no. But yeah, but it, it's it's still too easy to like do three-pointers and stuff. But it's a, as for, you know, for a decent, like an mm. early basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. I look at it, and it's got our buddy's name on it. So, yeah. you know, you can't, you know. So here you go. Here you go, Michael. I will play it. I'll play it again. <laughs> I promise it's crazy I mean he worked on yeah. some huge games but I think it's it's almost what he did at Sega in general which is actually mm. incredible mm. yeah like yeah. like Dill said earlier I think he had a huge impact on a lot of people's careers as well didn't he mm-hmm. um, and and the people I talked to after yeah. this segment they talk about that how, mm. how mm-hmm. I remember talking to David Gray who, who's gone into huge things in the gaming industry and he talks mm. about that a bit but he, he talks back um, about what Michael did for him as a person yeah um, push him in the right direction. Eric Wahlberg, mm. uh, I hope he doesn't want me saying this, was working, I think, in a grocery store and <laughs> he went in the Sega testing department and Michael saw some potential there and said, well, look, come on. Mm. Became a producer now. Games, yeah. It's crazy. And um, He just had an yeah. eye for talent and an eye for people and an eye for good people. Mm. Yeah. If that memorial is anything to go by and the, the testimonial after our little chat now is anything mm. to yeah. go by, he had a good eye for that. And he's a leader. He's a leader yeah. of people. And I was thinking after he passed away, like, I just love to be that kind of person. That kind of person who brings people up, mm. who kind of sends them on their way to better things. That's the kind of person you want to be, isn't it? I, I'm going to, I think he's been a good role model for me as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will never forget him. I, I, I generally mean that. I think the fact that someone, some of the games I played as a kid, you know, I still love today. You know, real, a real legend in the game industry became yeah. a friend of ours. It's absolutely incredible. In my, I still can't mm-hmm. quite believe it. And it's so sad that he passed away far too young, but mm-hmm. but he's let he's 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 left something with us, isn't he? Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. So I'm unless you've got any last words, I'm I suppose we could. It's just a gentleman, you know. Yeah. What I'd yeah. say to Michael if he's listening in heaven is, "We're back, mate. We're back. We're back. We dedicate this to you, and uh, yeah, enjoy it and thank you for all you've done for us." 
Yeah, I would just say the same. A big thank you. And and yeah, he he will always be with. He'll always be part of Arcade Attack. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be part of the reason that we're still here. So yeah, you know, rest in peace, Michael. Hundred percent. So guys, please hang about. Like I said, some real big names. They they gave some great stories about Michael Latham, and um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it, guys. So yeah, see you next week. Adrian here and this segment of this particular podcast is where I'm going to interview a few of uh, Michael Latham's ex-colleagues so please enjoy a few little stories about Michael Latham who is a really good friend of mine as as I'm sure you really know by now uh, from from some great ex-workers so the first person I want to talk to about Michael is um, a really good friend of his Eric Wahlberg they work very closely on Eternal Champions together so Eric I'd love to hear your, your your sort of tribute to Michael if that's all right. Yeah, so is it okay if I talk about that last day I was able to see him? I think that I think that'd be fine. I think that'd be nice actually. And so, yeah, because I am definitely going to describe this for how beautiful it was, um, which is um, Mike is a very private person, um, and so a lot of people didn't know how sick he was. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting emotional. But um, the group of us were trying to find out what happened to him. We found out that he was really sick. He was in ICU. Um, we all were intending to go see him, but it all happened really quickly. I went to see him, and um, I came just packed with all the positive emotions and things I wanted to tell him. Uh, I didn't know how bad it was, but I knew it was bad. And I wanted him to know how much he had affected my life, other people's lives. I just said, you know, a lot of names that I named of people that, you know, cared about him, wanted to see him. Uh, but also I said, you know, you have fans. You don't have friends. You also have fans, thousands and thousands of fans. And you have done so much for so many people. Um, and I just really made sure that him know that he had a huge value in his short life. Um, and and I, I, he, I could tell he appreciated it. He seemed calm and he seemed content. Um, and sorry. <laughs> It's kind of emotional, but um, it was it was a really beautiful, you know, kind of time that I spent there, and I think it was from everybody here. Bless you, Eric. Um, it was so good you got to saw him before he passed away because he was he was very nice to me. I need I got to know him about four years ago. We became really good friends probably the last year, and I, I felt um, I didn't know he was really that ill. So just the fact you were there to say goodbye to him, and and on behalf of other people that you know that means a lot to me so thank you and i also appreciate you keeping the loop as well because he's he was a private man but he 
he he was a very well respected man as well but and he he done so, so many amazing things in the gaming industry um but just to know him personally was a real privilege and um yeah no what, what a legend um have you got a favorite story quickly eric that of your time with michael you'd like to share or i mean there's there's so many but i just want to just bring up one thing it's kind of funny that everybody here will know this um because he had a lot of power at sega um he would often almost daily jokingly say you're fired <laughs> like that was and we would actually do it to each other as well and so it's just always funny because um you know, obviously he didn't mean it, but it was just a funny thing that he would just always do because, you know, he was Odin. He was like the guy at the you know top of the food chain at Sega and this really important person. And you, you make some kind of comment about like maybe you don't like one of the characters in his games and you go, what? You're fired, you know. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I have I have many. I mean, but um, that, that's just like just a bit of kind of this fun, jokey kind of way that he had about him in addition to the energy. But um I think I'm going to be talking in another one with you guys, Adrian, about him. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'll just leave it at those two things for now. Thank you, um, Kim. Did you work closely with Michael? Have you got any? Anything you'd like to say, um, Kim? Kim Rogers, ex Sega worker. Yeah. Uh, when I moved into production, I worked under Cindy Hargrave, um, and actually, her office was right next to Michael's. But I worked closely with his group and him. Um, he was he was just very a special person. Um, I know that he was one of the people that helped me kind of continue to grow at Sega, being that there wasn't a lot of women in production. Um, I believe he encouraged Cindy a lot, uh, my boss, and uh, a friend of all of ours, Jeff Loney. I know he gave him the chance um, to kind of really pull him out of test and and let him. So he just he helped a lot of people uh, get started in their careers and. He was very charismatic and funny, um, so he he was a lot of fun to be around. And it's just, yeah, I I didn't know how serious this was. This all caught us very much by surprise and shock. And it's just such a loss in not just the video game industry, but just a loss deeply yeah. for, the, for everybody. So yeah, yeah we'll be missed. Um, next person to talk, bring in is Jeff Junio, obviously worked at Sega as well and uh, worked on Eternal Champions as well. So is there any stories or tribute you'd like to talk to us about Michael, Jeff? Yeah, so, you know, I, I think uh, out of the four of us, I probably had the least amount of direct interaction with Michael, um, you know, so, uh, but I obviously had uh, experience in working with him. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Eternal Champions CD, um, you know. I always remembered Michael, you know, as just this kind of funny guy, you know, and, and to uh, Eric's point, you know, he, he said that to me a couple of times and, you know, with me not necessarily being in the know, you know, I would, I would be like, oh, sh shoot, am I, am I actually fired? You know, that type of thing, you know, it's so. It's funny the um, second time that he does it. It's funny the second time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second time, the first time, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, um, you know, and. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I had a, a complicated history with, with, with Michael. Um, he and I had a, a little bit of a, a falling out shortly after um, our Sega days. And I didn't really have a lot of contact with him. And in fact, zero contact with him up until about maybe three years ago. You know, we reconnected on Facebook, you know, and uh, we were able to, you know, 
hash things out. You know, we were both young and dumb at the time when things happen, you know, as, as, as things, you know, go on. And um, we were both able to, you know, uh, own up to our part of, you know, what got us there. And um, I always just kind of look at the whole thing, you know, with, with regret, you know, because I think there was a lot of lost opportunity there in terms of like, the guy was a fireball and, you know, just um, in many ways, like genius, un, unfulfilled, um, you know, and I, I feel like it would have been just great to, to, to be there along that, you know, in, in, with that ride with him. And um, the time that, that we lost, I, you know, I always just, just look at it, it's just a lost opportunity and regret. Um, but the fact that we were able to reconnect, you know, and, and reconcile, uh, you know, for me was, was more important than anything, you know, and, and we had actually even talked a little bit right before uh, COVID, um, you know, about like, hey, you know, next time, you know, we're, we're all in the same area, let's get together. You know, we talked about maybe trying to get, you know, the, the, the set, you know, some of the Sega crew back together. And I told him, hey, I'd love to do that, you know, because I hadn't seen Michael in forever since, since, since the Sega days, probably 20 plus years. And um, I, I told him, I said, hey, you know, I will buy you a drink. You know, we, we will have, you know, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, bourbons, you know, scotch, whatever it is, whatever your, your drink is, you know, uh, and never got that opportunity. Obviously, COVID happened, you know, that bit into it. You know, we had that uh, that Dreamcast uh, reunion back in, uh, what was it, uh, 2019? And Kim, you were there. Joe, you are there. Eric, you know, sadly, you weren't able to join us. Uh, but it was like having that opportunity to kind of see everybody for me, it was just, you know, just massively important. And, um, you know, I was hoping, you know, um, Michael would be, obviously he wasn't involved with Dreamcast at the time, but it was a reunion, you know, for, for, for the Sega family. So, um, yeah. And I guess me for, for my story, uh, was when we were in, uh, in, in Diamond Bar, um, he came, he was, he was down, uh, for the weekend, uh, and, it was Eric, Ray, and myself. And he goes, hey, we're all going out for dinner. And at the time, I didn't know about this uh, restaurant. It was uh, this, this little restaurant chain called uh, Claim Jumpers. And uh, uh, Michael loved this place. He talked about it and stuff like you get huge portions and all these other things. So this was new to me. And so he took us out for dinner. And then afterwards, we went to go watch this little movie that just came out called Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and... Um, it was great. It was just like hanging out with him and talking and, you know, obviously everything on his dime. And he was just so grace, you know, grace, um, graceful. Sorry, I'm, I'm lost words here. Um, and it was just one of those things where, again, I, I, I look at it with fondness and, 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 and a little bit of, you know, kind of a tinge sadness just because of like how everything ended up. But again, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we, we, we were able to reconnect and I was able to at least talk to him and, and, and both of us be good uh, before it all ended. And obviously the way it ended, you know, it was clear there was something going on and it's been alluded to, he's a very private person. Um, but yeah. clearly something was going on. And then when it happened, you know, uh, obviously Eric let us know what was happening. And, and to you, Eric, brother, I'm, I'm so glad if, if, if no one else, you were, you were able to be there for us to, to kind of voice that and to let know that he was. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, all of you guys were channeling through me that day, for sure. And I know he felt it, so. Bless you. I, uh, I, I, I sorry, to, I'm not yeah. one quick, quick bit about him. Because Jeff made the comment about, you know, going to the movie and he pay us for claim jumpers or whatever. That was completely him all the time. 
Um, he would always buy things for us. He would have yeah, the most extravagant dinners to pay for it. And he bought me an Armani suit. Wow. When, yes. Wow. Uh, just because he's like, you need to look more professional because I was doing PR and other stuff. And so he bought me that. That's the type of guy that he was. Like, wow. He would absolutely just give. He gave for sure. I mean, um, yeah, he like it was mentioned. He's got he was a fireball and he had a, a personality, but um, he was a good person. Took a yeah. good good care of his mom for decades. Yeah. He's a just a, a fantastic guy in a lot of ways. I've also got Joe Kane here, another ex Sega employee, a co-worker of Michael's. Have you got a, a nice thing to say about Michael, Joe? Yeah, you know it's it's funny. Um, you know, similar to Jeff, um, you know. Uh, Michael and I started out with with a, a, a really pretty pretty good relationship, uh, pretty good uh, friendship as far as you know. We had a lot of similar you know uh, likes. I could tell you know I, I you know Eric I think at one point um, had before was kind of talking about how he sort of just like walked you know we'd walk past people's cubicles like these guys weren't you know siloed off in ways places we couldn't see them. <clears throat> and I remember walking past his cubicle and you know striking up conversations. We we had an affinity for fighting games. Uh, you know I found out later. He worked on a. Uh, I was an old PC gamer, and uh, he'd worked on a, a game called Tongue of the Fatten yeah. for Activision, and I knew that game, uh, had played that game. So the fact that I knew that, I knew you know what that game was. I think he respected that, and you know we we played Street Fighter. Uh, you know they, they got that Street Fighter machine uh, in the back, and we played that, and um, you know so I mean we we started off pretty strong. We did also have a falling out, and you know for my part, I could recognize you know some of the things that I. Did again. We we're very young, and you know, mm -hmm. I made some. I made some kind of silly mistakes that I think you know didn't you know show well. And um, you know, I, I just I wasn't you know. If obviously if I could go back in time, you know, things would would be different. And um, you know, I, I do wish for that. And, and you know, and later on, you know, we did re you know reconnect to a certain extent. We'd run into each other at a, a show, trade shows, and things. And from you know, for my part, I felt like you know we kind of buried the hatchet and. Um, you know, I'd see see him on Facebook. We we shared a lot of uh, similar um, uh, thoughts politically. Um, sometimes I'd say something and I'd see a like from him. So you know, it felt toward the end like um, you know, as time went on, that sort of became water in the bridge. We never really reconnected, but mm -hmm. I felt like there was at least maybe a path for that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I always respected the guy. I mean, no matter if you agreed with him or disagreed with him, um, you couldn't disagree with the fact that he had a very, you know, strong opinion and he felt very strongly about, you know, he had his reasons. He had his reasons for the things that he believed in and what he, what he was um, driven to do. Yeah. And so I, I, sorry, I have a barking dog in the background here, but um, I was, uh, I was always, you know, I always appreciated him for being honest about those things. And even if it yeah. was, you know, could be difficult for you to hear, um, you know, not what you thought. He he wasn't going to back away from you know what what uh, what his position was just to make you you know comfortable. It was more of like, hey, you know what, you might want to rethink this, and right. yeah. I think that was for everybody's benefit. Um, one story I will tell you about Michael. Um, so and, and you know, going back to the Sega days, we all had egos. We all had our you know, we all had a, it was a proving ground, right? And uh, I was a big Street Fighter guy, and I you know I didn't really. I, I don't want to be too egotistical about it, but I didn't feel like I had too many people that were super strong competitors. You know, I, I always had the kind of an upper hand. Um, and but Michael took exception to that at some level, um, and he he figured out a trick. To this day, I have no idea how he did this, um, and he did not tell me. Uh, 
he would play E Honda, and I would play usually a fireball character like Ryu or not Ken because Ken was cheap, uh, but Ryu. And um, sometimes I'd play Zangief. I kind of dallied with every, dabbled in everybody, but that was kind of my go-to. So one day Michael comes in and he's like, I could see he had a kind of a look in his eyes. He's like, you got, I got something for you. And I don't know how he did this, but there was one game we played and he kicked me three times with E Honda jump kick and killed me in three kicks. And I have no idea because every time he kicked me, it was like a third of my life bar would be. I don't know to this day what he did. He figured something out or he talked to somebody at Capcom. He did (laughs) and never told me what it was. But he just walked away with a very smug look on his face after that. <laughs> <laughs> never, I don't know if my ego quite ever recovered from that because I yeah. still don't know. I was like, I'm sitting, it's like literally happening in front of my face, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> chunks of life bar going away with each kick. And I'm like, what happened there? Three kicks and I'm dead. I'm like, what is up? So that was definitely memorable. Um, the other thing, part of it, <laughs> I'll say this because it's funny, but it may have actually kind of started us down the path too. that street fighter machine was like kind of revered right that was that was everybody's machine mm-hmm. and one weekend um i had been there or it was like late, late friday night or something and i was playing a match with dermot and he beat me uh around not the match but he beat me around and as a joke i was like fresh i was like i'm gonna act frustrated i'll headbutt the marquee oh, nice. so headbutt the marquee and i cracked it oh no <laughs> like Big old line all the way through the marquee. I remember that. That's like a $50, $60 piece of heart, you know. And mm-hmm. at the time, that's a lot of money. You're thinking to yourself, like, oh, my God. Like, that's like that's like a whole day of my pay to, to pay for that. So I put a note on the machine to say, hey, you know what? I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do this. I'll replace it. And Michael came to me the next, like, that money. It sure is a good thing that you put that sign on there. He's like, I could have gotten the whole thing, you know, taken away from everybody. Um, you know, because yeah. you know you want to mistreat this stuff, right? We, you know, but I did. I did have the 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 uh, state of mind to be like, yeah. you know what? I was responsible for that. I was my bad. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So that was that was my. I felt like an idiot too because I was like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'll just like kind of tap it with my head, and apparently I, <laughs> I'm a little too strong on that one. But oh. uh, <laughs> Adrian. To Michael, I'll say he's like fair but firm, right? Like he definitely wasn't going to mess around, but he also, you know, he also wanted to play just like the rest of us. Right, Adrian. What he left out was that Mike Latham then headbutted Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and said, okay, now we're good. Yeah. Knock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Zangief kick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, some brilliant stories there of uh, you know a great a great friend of mine a, a great person and i think this will be a really nice part of that sort of tribute podcast to put together so thank you eric uh, jeff kim and joe for sharing your your tributes there i really do appreciate it absolutely i love you michael yeah it's an honor thank you welcome back to the second part of the michael latham tribute episode and i've got another really special guest here uh, david gray ex-colleague ex-colleague of michael's knew him really well and uh, David Gray worked with Michael at Sega, and he wants to share his f- feelings about him. But my first question, David, in case our listeners don't know, would you be happy to really briefly go through your career? Did you start at Sega, for example? What are you up to these days? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I joined Sega in 1994 working for the IT team. It was kind of a foot in the door. Um, Mike Latham uh, gave me my first opportunity to work with video games. So that was, that was really a dream come true from the inside. Um, worked with Sega for about, I think about six years. Uh, worked for uh, Electronic Arts for a couple. Then a studio in uh, Santa Clara, California, uh, California, a division of THQ uh, called uh, Locomotive Games. They were also called Pacific Coast Power and Light. When I first joined them, they turned into uh, Locomotive Games. Um, we made uh, console games, uh, games for the Sony PSP. Uh, it was a really cool studio under Don Traeger. Um, eventually, um, uh, the housing crisis, uh, 2006, yes. 2008, uh, took its toll on the industry. And I find myself uh, looking for work for the first time. And a company called Zynga was <laughs> developing at the time. And I kept hearing about it. And uh, ended up wor working for Zynga in 2009, nice. and uh, yeah, have been there ever since. Nice. You had a, I mean, that's an amazing career. Just getting sort of back a background. Um, let, do you mind going a bit more detail how you first got your opportunity at Sega with Michael? Then, what was your first exact role? What's the first game you worked on? And maybe your early memories of Michael? Is that okay? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So I came from the mortgage business, uh, but I worked on computers all the time. That was my personal hobby, uh, from you know, ZX Spectrum to uh, to PCs. And I found myself um, really interested in IT work, uh, video games. And a, a friend of mine, we used to work together also, he worked for uh, a gentleman named Noel Polito. They worked for um, uh, the group that handled all of the hardware and software for game developers. Um, so that group was responsible for uh, taking Saturn hardware, uh, 32X hardware, distributing it, development kits, ans answering questions, technical support. Uh, they needed somebody for IT and desktop support. And that's where my role came in. And that was my foot in the door at Sega. Um, at that point, uh, Eternal Champion CD had recently launched uh, to, to a great amount of success, obviously. And you can't not know who Michael Latham is when you're yeah. at Sega during that period of time and his group that uh, Rod and, and, and crew and everybody that, that worked on, the, on that project, they were still uh, on, on a bit of a high. Uh, Michael and I shared an affinity for uh, for gadgets and fun things and different things. So we had conversations while I'm working on the desktop machines of his crew. Um, as time went on, uh, I worked for the IT department. So the the development group changed, and now I find myself working with like really uh, Sega's internal IT department. So then I got to meet kind of everybody around the company. Um, one thing that that was really interesting to me at the time. There was a, a software package called Kali. Uh, a guy named Jay Cotton made this software package that lets you play uh, otherwise land-based network games over the internet. The internet was a very new thing to a lot of people back then. I mean, it existed for years before, but now we had web browsers and uh, the idea of playing games across the internet was very new. And um, I put together a presentation with a, a producer that was there at the time named Steve Patterson. He helped give the presentation because I was still this IT guy and didn't really know all the big wigs and, every, and everything. So he he really helped pull this one together, showing uh, the game was uh, Descent uh, at the time, uh, how it worked uh, over the internet. So I showed, you know, I'm playing Descent. People knew the game at the time. Mm. And uh, Mike, of course, was 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 in the room. So, so were many others. Just showing that games can be played over the internet and that the people that you see on the screen, I don't know where they're at. They could be anywhere in the world. That was new at the time. 
So, so Michael was really, we had a lot of things to talk about as time went on. Um, inevitably, um, there was a position open for an assistant producer on Michael's team. And I interviewed with him, uh, incredible interview. Uh, I learned a lot in that interview and he ended up giving me my shot. So I worked with him and, uh, Eric Wahlberg, Tony Van, lots of other people, uh, on, uh, Netfighter, uh, Emperor of the Fading Suns, Flesh Feast, eventually a game called uh, Plane Crazy, which, uh, uh, I think it uh, got hit in the UK as well. Um, but yeah, lo lots of really good, uh, uh, Good times learning from Mike and understanding um, how how he handles production. Brilliant. What, what what was he like as a boss? Then was he? Um, I know that he he pushed people quite hard, especially at Sega days. But he wanted the best, didn't he? What, what, how would you describe his sort of um, as a you know, as a, as, a, as a boss back then? Absolutely. So so he was really well respected first first and foremost. Um, it, he could be very intimidating because he was direct. If people made mistakes, you heard about it. You heard that this is a problem. And, you know, he could be very uh, aggressive sometimes. But as a boss to me, and, and again, I reported directly to Eric Wahlberg. So, so I was uh, one step removed. But we clearly worked, you know, together. And it was, it was an everyday thing. Um, he treated the people that worked for him incredibly well, knowing that we were doing everything possible to create the visions that, that, that he, he believed in. Um, so, so I, I can't remember a time where, um, we weren't, you know, talking together as a group or going out to a balcony and sharing drinks and stories and different things. Um, he, he kept a really good, uh, family, uh, feel, uh, for the, for the folks that were, that were working very closely with him. Um, he did exude, um, a sense of power and, 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 and confidence, um, he, he didn't always get along with different groups. Like, you know, he's, he's told stories about, you know, uh, the marketing groups. Mm. Um, it takes a while for, for, um, him to warm up to people. Um, if he doesn't really understand how they're going to tie in and he wants to make sure that his products are protected. Mm. So he, he always wanted the best all, all, all around him all the time. Um, he, so two different sides to production, depending on, on what you believe a producer is. They're, they're, historically, there's the belief they're creatives. Another one is the project managers. Another one, there's a, there's a hybrid. Um, and there's different facets of, of producers. What he did is he organized a group of people that they had very specific talents in very specific areas, and he would tap into those talents. Um, this person's really good at art, so let, let's have him work with the art group and be able to build things and work together. So he put together what he thought was going to get his products out of of you know, end of quality. Yeah, thank, thank you, Dad. Appreciate it. Um, again, I, I I hope I'm not getting too personal now. But do you have any stories about your time working with Michael? You'd be happy to share with our listeners. I, I don't, you know, you don't, you don't have to. But I just thought have you got a lovely story about your time that you that remember. Man, I, I'd love to. The, the um, and there's a lot of just day to day things that that all blur. Just like you know, can't remember every time that you drove in your car. But um, the interview I had with him. Again, no experience in in making video games other than what I programmed on on a, a ZX a, a Spectrum at the time. Um, when when you're trying to go for a position in games, that's a dream. I mean, how many people get the yeah. opportunity to actually meet with somebody for an for an opportunity to build video games with people who've already built them before? So in that interview, um, he asked me a couple of things. 
Uh, first one was, um, what's more important, the quality of a game or how fast it gets out to market? I had no idea at the time. I just I knew what I believed, and and I and I you know talked about. I, I think it's the quality. I think it's you know the game should be it should be fun. It should be good. He said it, it, he said you have to always weigh both. You always so he's basically teaching me like getting me ready for uh, for this position. That sounds really obvious, but wasn't wasn't long because he went into detail about uh, the quality must be there. Every little little detail of what you feel is important. You don't you don't ever cut it short. And it wasn't long after that, you know, and Miyamoto, it was, yeah, he um, made a statement about, uh, uh, I forget exactly how he said it. it was something like, if you del- uh, delay in a game, it, it, sorry, delay a game, it's eventually like a good product. But uh, if you rush it out, it's never going to be good or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So it all started kind of clicking with me. He also asked me a really difficult question there is like, what's the purpose of what we do? Wow. And it was like, well, you make games. I mean, <laughs> we make yeah. games. And, and, he, and he, he kept looking at me like you could tell he's like trying to gauge me, like, can this guy learn? And um, he, I, I said, yeah, it's to make games. He said, it's to make money. And that might not appeal to a lot of people, a lot of listeners and everything. But he reminded me, we're in a business. And if you're going to survive in a business, you, you, have, you have to understand how you're going to be profitable. But to do that. You have to make great games. So he mm. he just made that clarification. You don't just make games because willy nilly. That's what you do. We're in a business. We're in a professional uh, corporation, and we have to deliver. That's our jobs. Yeah. So it was a really good perspective just to get me started. And um, he introduced me to Eric, who I who I already knew obviously because I worked on his computer a thousand times. Um, and um, it, it was a really cool uh, vibe because Michael had already established the culture with with the group of people, and I was the new guy coming in. Mm-hmm. I was the the assistant <laughs> producer working with people who have already re- released some of the, you know some of the better products for uh, uh for the Genesis yeah. and the uh, uh, or the Mega CD. Thank you. Oh, well, what a lovely story! And it, it really comes across that you appreciate his. Well, he, obviously you earn it, but he. he, he Took, would you say took a bit of a chance? I mean, you, you, like you said before, you weren't working in the industry before properly, so unbelievable. I think you know, I, I always, I always wondered. He would always engage. He didn't yeah. stay at arm's length like a lot of directors um, might consider. He would get into the trenches, ask, "How's it going? What you working on?" And you know, a lot of people do that in sort of a, a fear, a fearful sort of way. Like, I want to be sure the crew's not going off the rails here. Yeah. He was more making sure that. Again, I was learning and engaged, and he did take a chance. He he absolutely did. Um, even though, so I'm not sure if everyone understands the story of uh, Sega Soft and uh, Heat.net. And inevitably, n- neither one of those uh, succeeded. But the work that that went into it and the vision of where it was going, it was truly in so many ways ahead of its time. Because we see internet play everywhere now. Obviously, it's, it just you can't buy a game and not <laughs> for the most part and not yeah. have fantastic internet play. We were starting something brand new and he believed that with my technical background and understanding how games work, not just how to make them, um, that I can contribute in a, in a, in a, in a way that would be, uh, uh, sorry, helpful to his group. Netfighter, uh, and working with Eric was probably one of the biggest par- uh, parts of that. Yeah. We've had Eric on the podcast before and he obviously speaks very highly of Michael as well. So, yeah. And we've, and the story of Netfight is amazing, actually, I have to say. And, um, I agree. It does sound ahead of its time, really. Was, um, 
It was it was a first. We 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 had to figure out really how um how can you do it? When yeah. we had dial up at the time, latency was was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And between uh, Phil Harvey on the on the development side from Cyrox, Mike Latham, Eric Wahlberg, and, and myself and others, you know, contributing to the ideas of how to make that work, and we, we did pull it off. It was a, it was a very serviceable game. Uh, it looked good for the time. Uh, very pixelated by today's standards, of course. But I mean, this is back in the nineties, and uh, it, what yeah. it, just an incredible adventure. Good stuff. Um, thank you, David. It's such a lovely uh, opportunity to chat to you. And obviously, uh, we're we're both very sad that Michael passed away. I, I don't know about you, but it sort of um, was a bit unexpected. I, I did talk to him quite often, you know, for the last few months of his life, but he never spoke about getting ill, which I respect completely. But it shocked me, and it's very sad even today because I did regard him as a friend. Can I ask about how? I mean, you're obviously sad about it, but what what how did you how do you feel and, and could you be happy to share a few of your emotions and, and stuff absolutely like that? yeah man um first of all the, the timing was unbelievable yeah. because like he had just had his his interviews and i think it's fantastic that he had the opportunity to share those stories because he had success you know with yahoo yeah. and, other, and, and other businesses as well but he never really in, in recent days got to talk about the Sega days and his, his Activision days and in, in, in a way that people would understand. So, so for that, I, I greatly appreciate uh, what you've done and, and, and others for that matter, who uh, were able to let him have that voice. And of course, shortly afterwards, he's not, he's not around. Yeah. Um, we were working, well, I, I worked on a project uh, separate and uh, ran it by him and he's giving me critical feedback and yeah. in December, so, so everything wow. after, after a big gap in time where he and I, we didn't talk and it's not because of any animosity or anything. It's just, we had different paths in, in, in life, but whenever we did get together, whenever we did talk, it's like, it, it's, it's like time didn't pass. Yeah. So he, he's so good about, um, just helping people and giving advice to people that need it, uh, always willing to share. So. No, knowing that he's 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 gone, that that presence and that personality, um, that experience, uh, it, it was it was very uh, it was very sad, it, it, because we didn't see each other every day. It was it was a little bit palatable, but every day it's like you see a video game or you yeah. you remember an experience, and he comes to mind, and uh, that that part's always going to be difficult. But man, what he gave to 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 me in the industry yeah. and uh, and and to the and to to people players. Uh, these these fantastic games, um, you know, through uh, through retro gaming and, and other means, uh, his memory and ways will continue to live on, and that gives me some peace. I really, David, thank you so much. I generally mean it. I know it's not um, it's not an easy conversation, but your, your story's been brilliant today, and I really appreciate it. Is there, I mean, we spoke about his legacy. Is there is there like a final statement you'd like to say about what you think Michael brought to Sega or the gaming industry? Is there like one final sort of thing you'd like to say? Oh, that's a good question. Eternal being, I think the the defining moment for for Michael. Um, he worked on many products, obviously. Um, Sega needed that that fighting game, and 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 I think he delivered um, in a, in a major way. Um, I, I think he helped change the industry in ways that that we won't even understand by the people that he touched, um, and he he networked with a lot of people. Um, w- within uh, you know, with the Redwood Shores uh, offices, 
the people that visited from Japan, um, his friends across the world. Uh, he'd love to travel and and tell stories and, and yeah. talk about these things. I, I think he's affected uh, different people in profound ways, and he's certainly affected my career all, all the way up to present, where uh, I, I still use a lot of his advice in some yeah. of the day-to-day things I do now. Really, David, thank you. I honestly mean that, and um, I think hopefully Mike will be proud. You know, I, that, that you know. But the last thing we want to do is, well, we want to celebrate his life because he he was an for me personally incredible person, and he was always nice to me. Always gave me advice as well, not just about retro gaming, about other stuff. And like you said, he was always there. He was just he, there to chat, and he gave me. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I feel he, he loved it. He yeah. he absolutely loved helping people and and, yeah. and sharing his experiences to help them. I feel extremely privileged that that we became friends, and um, I just wish I met him in person. Which uh, you know, that's that's my big regret. I never actually got to meet him in person. But look, David, I know you're a really busy man, but thank you so much for today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, and I've really, you know, it's been a great chat. I wish we could chat for other reasons, really, but I, I hope Michael will be well. Be proud of it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you doing this for for him and his memory. Welcome back, listeners, to another part of the Michael Lakin podcast. Again, talking to some of his ex-colleagues and friends to get a little bit more about, you know, the man himself uh, and pay tribute to, you know, a good friend of mine and obviously a friend of the people I'm chatting to today. And I've got Eric Wahlberg back again. So, Eric, always a pleasure. I, I do mean that. So, thank you for coming back in today. Yeah, good seeing you, buddy. Thank you. And uh, I've got Cindy Hardgrave here. So, a- another ex-Sega legend. And Cindy, really great to have you on the show as well. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Cindy, would you be okay? I mean, everyone, we've, we've spoken to, I've spoken to Eric before in the past. We can, you know, no offense, Eric, but we've got your sort of backstory in a lot of depth. But Cindy, would you be happy to share to our listeners a bit about your, your career in gaming and maybe how you sort of first met Michael? That, that'd be all right. Sure. Um, well, my career in gaming, I first started out at Atari in 1981 and uh, I was one of the first video game testers. Uh, myself and two other females, and then um, I worked there for eight years. And um, at that time, Michael Katz was the president of Atari, and he um, went over to run Sega of America. And he hired me to uh, set up the test department at Sega. And two years later, I met Michael Latham. He came to Sega, I believe, in 1991. And um, we worked side by side together. And then I went over to Sega Technical Institute for a year or two, came back to Sega of America. And Michael was my boss for uh, the family group. I produced all the Disney games, all the family games, um, mostly the Donald Duck, Pocahontas, uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, Magic School Bus, Bernstein Bears, those type of the nonviolent games. Yeah, yeah. And um, also was in the part of a woman's group trying to uh, find out research why uh, we don't have a lot of females playing video games. And um, Michael, again, was my boss, a group director, and uh, a great mentor of mine as well, and great friend. Thank you. And he, again, he spoke very very kindly very, very you know he had really good words to say about you and when i spoke to him for his interview actually so yeah i really appreciate your time uh hopefully mike would appreciate this um eric so 
would you be happy to like have you got any like stories you'd like to share about michael or again um again i don't want to repeat uh stuff but you, you you saw him just before he passed away so is have you had a bit of time to think about that and how, how do you well what you how you feel at the moment yeah, well, so, you know, at the time of recording this, a little bit of time has gone by, and we've also done a few discussions and memorials about him, and so uh, I'm not going to burst into tears again talking about it, but obviously the, the sorrow is still there. And, um, but, you know, there's a few things. I have some specific stories, but a lot of it is just kind of the way that he and I interacted over the years, and and some of the stuff game-related as well. Um, one One thing I would want to mention is that he and I were very much simpatico in a lot of our interests of things relating to martial arts, movies, um, you know, kind of what makes a fun video game, um, and, uh, and kind of friends, friendship, right? We, we, we both valued friendship and, uh, Cindy was talking offline, um, a moment ago was that I related more so later how close he and I were so far as the support structure right now. I always saw him as like the boss and I was trying to catch up. Right. Uh, but, but later on, he also had said, you know, Oh, you've, you've done a lot of great things, blah, blah, blah. And I, I see that I also helped kind of lift him a bit. I helped to kind of um, toe the line when he was pulled in a million different directions, right? Like with eternal. Um, but I, I have a random funny story to just kind of start off with something kind of funny. And it's completely random, but I do remember it very succinctly. So uh, we're working on Eternal Champions. I believe it was for the Sega CD. It might have been for the Genesis. And uh, my buddy Harry Chavez and I were in a hotel room for months working together. And um, Latham would come over quite often in the morning to like visit us before we'd all head off to the um, development studio. And sometimes we had the games hooked up in the bedroom because we were play testing it there. Like it's a lot more convenient to do it there, right? Order your uh, steak potato skins and play video games. So he comes in to visit and um, we're, we're sitting on the bed and, you know, he's always very competitive, Street Fighter, all those games, everything we play is competitive, right? And so we're playing EC and even though he was good at Larson and some other characters, you can't compare with two guys who are playing it all day, every day, right? And even help designing some of the moves, right? <laughs> and so... Um, I was able to get him in a kill. I don't remember what the what the overkill was, but he saw it coming and Chavez saw it coming. We're all laughing as it was building up to the moment where I, I had him on the ropes out of, you know, he's, he's about to go down and he went down and we all started laughing and he fell off the bed and just rolled off the bed and he was just <laughs> laughing like a little kid. It was great because it was just the joy of the moment and, and the absurdity and the, uh, and the embarrassment too, because he got smoked. Like at that point, we're like, "Dude, I'm working seven days a week for you. I'm not going to kiss your ass. I'm taking you down, basically." Right? <laughs> so, uh, so it was great. It was like it really is a nice snapshot of our relationship with the fun and stuff we had. So, um, I, I have other stories, but I'd like Cindy to be able to tell some things as well, of course. Um, but I'll stop there for now. That's a great story. It just proves how fun games can be. That's what friends mucking about, isn't it? <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cindy, you, you, you said you met him. What was he like as a person? You're, you said he was a friend. So how are you happy to go into a bit of detail how that sort of evolved over time and uh, and maybe share a few stories about how, what, what sort of person Michael was to you? Well, um, I was one of the only female producers, and Michael was such a supporter of women. 
and he was just wonderful with supporting me. And um, I have a funny story with, um, I used to work out all the time. Every morning I go to the gym before I go to work. And so sometimes I'd be a little sore and I did squats one day and um, I had, we were in a meeting and we were in the city at some formal meeting and we were in the front row and um, I was sitting, Michael was sitting to my left and Steve Apoor, another producer, was sitting to my right. Well, Steve grabbed my leg to say something and I screamed because of the muscle pain. And Michael looked at Steve, had no idea what happened, but just looked at how don't you touch her? How dare you? And it was he is was such a supporter and protector. He protected anybody that worked with him. And I you know, he was my boss, but he was a partner as well. And he just was very protective, and that is a, a story of him being a protector at that moment. And um, he didn't like to go to a lot of meetings, right, Eric? As far as he didn't want to speak a lot, he didn't like meetings outside the office, I should say. Social events, that's what I should say. He, meetings, of course, inside the office, but social events, he really didn't like to go. Yeah, I have images of him. I think about, you know, when you, you look back and you think about your parents, for example, right? I always think of him as sitting in his office. Like that's the, if, if I was to think of him one time, it'd be sitting in his office at the computer typing something, right? So yeah, he was always, Correct. he always wanted to be at Sega. He always wanted to be in his uh, safe place. And I had his office. My office was right next to his. So we can hear each other's conversations if we really <laughs> listen. And he was, Correct, Eric was always in his office, sitting in there, but not alone all the time because he always he was a mentor to so many people. He wanted to teach what he had, everything he he was not going to be selfish with any of his ideas, um, and he was just such a leader and a mentor in that area. And I really appreciated that, and a strong leader as well. Never, never lost his temper. I cannot remember badly. Okay. You give a look. Okay. You know, he, he could just give you a look and you know, okay, all right. I'm a little out of line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he just was such a kind soul, just a kind soul, talented, very talented. So, um, yeah, be oh, very much. Thank you, Cindy. Um, Eric, is there anything you want to add, add on to that? Yeah, well, so um, absolutely. And I've talked about this before a bit, but he certainly did protect everyone on his team and uh, tried to also give us opportunities. And uh, and yeah, I mean, he the degree of mad that he would get if you were part of his team was had had a, had a had its you know limit. Like he would he would let you know that there's a problem, and then that would be it. But he's still your friend, and he's still gonna you know kind of move forward with you. So. Um, yeah, he was he was very much that guy, and he was very much a mentor, uh, and sometimes just by example, you know. But uh, but he would also show you things, explain things to you that after now being in the industry for thirty years, I see that that's pretty rare. Mm. A lot of a lot of managers are selfish, and they, and you're just a resource. So Correct. Not, my, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, and and I also remember he used to come to me with uh, the 
the ladies and how they were dressed in his, um, or the women in his games and wanted to make sure, is this too always, is this too skimpy, Cindy? Is this, should we cover this up a little more? And I, I appreciated that, but that's what the audience wanted to see. So I um, took that with a grain of salt and maybe, you know, there was a couple little things maybe that I would say something about. But other than that, I understood the audience and um, he did as well. But the respect he had, again, for women and wanting to make sure we weren't exploiting and, you know, even though uh, some people might, nope, nope, they wouldn't think that because that's a video game industry, you know, and that's seriously, that's it. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, what do you think was his biggest achievement at Sega, or uh, like a video game, or is there a, a particular you know, piece of a project he worked on? You, you can reflect back on Michael. Ah, so Cindy, <laughs> in case people aren't can't see this, she's holding up. That is amazing, by the way. And it's an Antonio Champions jacket. It sure is. I've had it, and it's it's brand new still. That looks it's amazing. Brand new. <laughs> I just, this means a lot, Eternal Champions. And so. you, did you work on that game, Cindy? I know you said you worked on testing. The I, I, I worked with him as far as, because I was a producer and produced uh, other games at the time. So I worked with him side by side as far as with the characters and, and um, the females, how they would be dressed and so right, forth. But course. other than that, no, that was not my... Um, um, area of expertise. Uh, Eric, have you got that jacket still? I you know, I wish I did. I've moved too many times and I don't, but you know, I wore the hell out of it. It does not look like Cindy's jacket, believe me. <laughs> I wore that thing with pride for years. For years. I, I, I get people, because I, I, if I was working at Electronic Arts or some other place, they'd come up and go, oh, so where'd you get that Eternal Champions jacket? Like People would still bring it up. You know, It, it was a game that uh, even back in 2014, when I was interviewing someplace, somebody was thrilled to see that I worked on that game, right? Um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I guess other things to kind of mention about Mike, and I don't know when the, the right uh, time, I don't want to miss it and get towards the end, is uh, his passion and his his will uh, wish to make the games the best they could be and his meticulous detail when he had the time, to, to it was there and... Uh, when I first saw his Eternal Champions design document, um, it was when I was pretty new, right? And I saw all the he had I had, had so many different graphs and different calculations about how far to knock back with a certain type of attack and uh, how the exact size of the uh, you know fighter should be and and all these aspects of it and all of these things, not just so that the development team could do it, but so it would be the best it could be and it would be fun and had a reason, you know? And, uh, again, go back to what I've seen with a lot of people. They kind of are just looking to check a box, ship a game, get some credit and move on. Um, everything yeah. he worked on, he cared about. He cared about everything he worked on. And, uh, luckily that's where I came from too. And so that allowed me to kind of not uh, have my dreams crushed too early. They got crushed later. Uh, but uh, but still, that um, he definitely inspires you that way with the detail that he went into in his games, um, as well as the ones that never happen. You know, like he he did. He had a few games which I know he talked to you about that yeah. you know didn't get greenlit. Um, 
And some one of those other... documents, yeah, I was going to say, he sent me some of those documents on those games. They weren't yeah. one or two pages. These were over 100. It was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah. it's a shame they weren't released, uh, these 32X games. Unbelievable, really. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And, and as an aside, uh, and again, the, the flow of the conversation is kind of talk about stuff regarding him, is he also had always these different dreams and ideas of other things we can do over the projects. And he and I being big, you know, kind of martial arts Bruce Lee fans, he was actually talking to the Brandon Lee um, uh, management team, uh, wanted to do a Brandon Lee game. Oh. And uh, and he kind of mentioned this as an aside because it was just something kind of in the works in the back. But then he passed away. Uh, oh. Brandon Lee, I mean. And yeah, so, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, but there was things that he wanted to do that I think also would have been amazing and uh, so, yeah, these things that he did that were great, these things that he planned that didn't get greenlit that would have been great, and things that didn't get that far, but also probably would have been great. So it's like if you would have had a limitless budget and everybody's giving thumbs up to everything and a staff of yeah. two, you know, 200, like there would be so many games, he'd be world famous, not just Sega famous. Yeah, and it's yeah. quite it. But one of his games, did yeah. you remember working, did you work with him on Garfield? Well, so that was, yeah, yeah. I, I worked actually with Rhonda Van, who was kind of tasked with uh, shepherding that game. Uh, but I do remember Garfield, yes. Yeah, he was super proud of that game and Jim Davis. And that was uh, before Eternal Champions, correct? That was before. It was actually, um, it was actually after. What? Well, so it, it may have been during ECCD development. Okay. Right? Uh, it was probably after the first one. Yeah, after the first Eternal Champions. Yep. Yeah, so that was a, that was something that he did aside from uh, a fighting game that he was uh, proud of, and also he worked again side by side with me on my projects, and um, was very helpful in design and um, just supportive as well of all those uh, games. And plus, some of those develops, you know, those licensors aren't the easiest to work with. Mm-hmm. And like Disney, for example, and uh, Paramount, and, um, they're a tight ship. They run a tight organization. And he really helped uh, with that and the communication with the management. And um, so he was just all around very helpful in uh, the whole game process from the beginning to the end and getting the game signed off, and um, which is very important. So, um, you know, he was a partner. He really was. He's super helpful. And he was a team. He was a team player. A hundred percent. And he gave everything he had. Everything. He lived there practically. So, um, yeah. And again, a great mentor to the testers. A lot of them he helped develop into great producers and gamers and game designers, um, et cetera. So, great loss. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I I think a nice segue into what Cindy just said to kind of confirm that. And also, by the way, yes, he was extremely proud of all the stuff that uh, Cindy was doing with the Pico and all his other other games, um, as he should. I mean, I know they also are probably quite lucrative on top of being good quality. But um, what I'd say was legacy-wise, you know, nobody knows when they're going to, you know, be leaving. Uh, And... I don't know for sure, but I would think with the intensity of work that he did with Sega and the the millions of people that he affected, mm-hmm. that 
I would hope that he would say, you know what, um, maybe I want to have a little more time with my friends or a little more of this and that if I look back on it. But I'm proud of all the people that I've touched and all the games that I've uh, brought into the world that will be remembered for decades, you know. And uh, I, I, I really think that it's an intense life, but a life well lived when it comes to video mm-hmm. games for him. Um, and I mean, look, here we are talking about him, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, he was an awesome guy. That's the thing I told you way back in our, my initial interview with you, right? He, he was a great person. He, he cared about people. You know, he cared about his, his friends. Yes, he certainly did care about his friends. And sometimes we didn't always agree in politics. And that was, but he was so kind because he knew where I was coming from. Okay. Sometimes other people didn't know because he expressed himself all, uh, a lot on Facebook about his political views. But he knew where my heart was, and we used to have great conversations about it. And um, just a, um, one thing I am happy about, though, he traveled the world. He traveled. He got to see and do exactly what he wanted to do for about 10 years. Not a lot of people can say that. And he lived his life to the fullest. So I was, I'm super appreciative of that. And his mother, Raleigh, is so thankful and says that all the time. She's so thankful that he got to travel and see the world. So, and touch a lot of people in his travels as well. And his cooking, we cannot forget about his cooking. I know this is about video games, but he Mm -hmm. was obsessed with his cooking and if you see these, we're able to see the knives that he has in his velvet pack. Just, oh my gosh, the people on Top Chef would be jealous. He's got the most beautiful knives he's collected all around the world. And um, his dishes were just unbelievable. So he, he was a jack of all trades, wasn't he? Is there something he yeah. couldn't do? <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yeah. That, you know, that's a great point, Cindy. That's a great point about all these travels that he did. You know, that um, I think about the Sega time because when I mostly, you know, talked to him and, and knew about him until the last couple of few years. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's like I'm going to change the world with Sega and I'm going to go travel the world. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, unfortunately things happen. But, you know, he yeah. did. Right. He did a lot of things in his life. He did a lot of things. And um and, you know, back, and I told you this before, Adrian, but I want to reiterate it. When we went on our, our business trips, a lot of them were also international. It was always, you know, we're going to go check out this place. We're going to go visit that place. So, you know, we, we were going to Channel, whatever it was. It was always something in that uh, always amazing uh, restaurants constantly. And uh, and I I know that for a fact he did pay for quite a few things. It wasn't all on, on, on Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so yeah, he's yeah. very generous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super generous. Crazy generous. generous. So yeah, yeah. I, I was still trying to find something bad to say about him, but it still hasn't worked. I've been working <laughs> on it. Yeah. Well, the only thing bad I can say, it's not a bad thing is I don't have a lot of pictures of him because he didn't go to group events, um, outside of work a lot of times. So the, the, there's a couple rare pictures that they're, that one of the, test group and a lot of guys eric with mike in there and kim rogers and that's a jewel that picture that is is, because he just didn't 
didn't like his picture taken. Just didn't like it. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, with press and everything, he was yes. like, yeah, don't take my picture. Uh, yeah. I, re- I remember the Eternal Champions picture that uh, a lot of people have seen. Uh, it was in Game Informer, I think. And I know he begrudgingly took that. I mean, he's a good looking guy, right? I mean, he was like, yeah. like why not? You know, but um, you know. yeah, he, he hated publicity, he hated pictures. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if he's like wanted by, you know, the FBI or something. But he, <laughs> he, did not, he did not like to be on camera, for sure. For sure. That is so true. That is a true thing, you know. Yeah, but, when we did the interviews of him, for, he his camera was always off. <laughs> he was happy yeah. to speak, but no, no cameras. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what his mom um, also said. That there'd be a lot of interviews, and people would want to interview him, but he'd never want his picture. Um, and his mom said he's such a handsome young man. You know, why didn't he want his picture <laughs> taken? Don't know. Yeah. Only he knows that. So. But I'm thankful for the pictures we have. Yeah, um, I'm thankful I got to know him a little bit. But, you you know, it sounds, well, the more I hear about him, it's just amazing, really. Is there any other sort of final um, things you'd like to say, like how you'd like to remember him or a little story or anything before we sort of say goodbye? Well, when I think of him, I always think of him uh, right next to my office. And... Again, him sitting in that, he had a big corner office and sitting there with a lot of his um, exec, uh, assistant producers and testers and just as a mentor. Again, I cannot say that enough. He was so helpful and he'd give his time to anybody. And I, I hear these stories to this day that he helped someone, um, a colleague of uh, ours, France Tantiato. Her son went to um, college and needed some help, and she sent out a little message, hey, I need some help. He was the only one that reached out and helped her and his son, her son, and just great memories. He's just always helping somebody, always. And that's how I remember him. And I, I think the last thing I would say is I'd like to thank him for helping to propagate a real family atmosphere at Sega. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's it, it's important to be disciplined and have those kind of roles defined and have everything kind of um, crossed T's and dotted I's. But he made it a place where you could feel comfortable, where you felt like you're with friends, that you were with family, and that you could laugh freely. And, uh, and that made for a great first experience at Sega on top of the fact that it was at Sega. You know, um, yeah. so... I, I thank him for that, you know, um, that we I have great memories of that team. I, I know that to my grave, I'll remember, you know, Bill Person and Eric Quackenbush uh, and um, I, call, I, call, I, call, I, call, I always say his name wrong. But uh, still, I just thank him for all those things that he did uh, to make it a great memory and a great uh, experience. And, and, and to add to that, I was also a parent and he like you said, family. He knew I had family and he respected that because they were usually a lot of times 24 hours around the clock. A lot of times when it was time to release a game, when it came to crunch time. And um, he knew I couldn't do that. But I had uh, Keith Akashikara. I had assistant producers that helped out in that area. And Mike never made me feel guilty at all. He was always such a supportive person a boss friend because uh he knew that family is important 
And he definitely, like you said, Eric, we were a family at Sega. And he was a leader of that as well. So very important to mention that, Eric. Thank you for that reminder. Very well, important. Look, Cindy, uh, really appreciate your time today. What, what lovely tributes and stories. And, um, and Eric as well, thank you. You know, I know it's not... It's, it, we want to do the man justice. We, you know, it's, gonna, it's almost <laughs> impossible, but he, he was always so nice to me as well, always offered me advice. And he would, you know, he always said to me and the rest of the team that if, if you need any help with anything, just give me a shout. And he, I think he, well, he meant it. He, he meant it to me. I can I tell he meant it. It wasn't uh, empty words. And I, mm-hmm. I miss him a lot. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we decided to come back. That's why we, we came back with our podcast because I know that he wanted the, he was sad when we stopped. So, you know, that's a really small thing, but part of it is for, for him, really. So, I, yeah. I, I just, I, I miss him. And, um, well, thank you so much, Adrian, for doing this. And, um, this is just what a wonderful friend you were to Michael as well. So, I really appreciate this. Oh, well, you know, he meant a lot to me. And my only real regret was never meeting him in person because I think we'd, you know, I'd love to meet him in person. But, yes. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah. thank you, Cindy. Thank you for your time, and Eric. Again, thank you. Oh, you're you, welcome. You're always welcome anytime back on the show, and um, it's been a real pleasure today. Thank you. In, in, in the circumstances, of course. Great, and we'll all keep in touch. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thank you.